There's a lot in these readings today on Easter Wednesday. The first one is on the, uh, the, the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles about restoration. So St. Peter, when he cured this man who was by the beautiful gate, restored him. And the reason the man was crippled was because it's a broken world. Sin came into the world because of Adam. And Jesus has to restore everything to the original plan that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit had in the beginning, which was to make us like Adam before sin and to give us the gift of the divine will that is perfect. So there's no separation between us and the Holy Trinity. Their heart is their will. Our heart is our will. That's what it means, because how, how you decide and what you do defines who you are. And who you are is your heart. So it's the choices that we make. And when Jesus can choose in us, then he gives us his divine life. His divine life becomes vibrant and living and alive. And that's what it was in the Garden of Eden. And that's what they want to restore now. So the image of this man who was crippled, and St. Peter said, get up and walk, is an image of what Jesus does to all of creation. And he's in the process of doing, in restoring the original plan of the Father. So, that's what we pray for. We pray for the, the coming of the kingdom. We pray for the era of peace. We pray for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. All of these things are our intent. That's why we've been praying, like Jesus told us for 2,000 years, for the kingdom of the Father to come. Then in the Gospel, the this is one of my favorite Gospel passages, because a, a couple of things. First of all, just a side note, when Jesus explained all of these things, he says, beginning then with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them every passage of Scripture which referred to him. So, his, his explanation, his teaching, didn't get lost. It went into the holy tradition of our church. It's not in scripture, but it is in tradition. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit came and enlightened all of the early church fathers. And so what, we've, what we have received through the holy Catholic church <clears throat> is this tradition that they passed on. And those Christians who tell us that everything is in scripture are missing out on actually most of it, because there's a lot that the Holy Spirit has taught us since then. And that's also divine revelation. And um, and so the teaching authority and the tradition of the church is on equal footing with the Holy Scripture. And this is a perfect example of it, because if it were only in Scripture, then what Jesus did here would be pointless. He told these two disciples only for their benefit. But no, he told them for our benefit, because they passed it down to us via tradition, not Scripture and the teaching authority. But then the other favorite, this is the reason that it's my favorite part, is that when Jesus, what he does after they're walking, yes, Trezzy, shh. After they're walking, then, what did what did Jesus do at the end? Evelyn, tend to her, please. What did they, what did they do at the end? Yeah, so the two disciples and Jesus went and, and did what? Mm-hmm. 
and then Jesus broke bread and then he disappeared. No. And when he broke bread, what was that? Yeah. He broke himself. Do we say Evie the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, Mary. So he broke himself. So he celebrated Mass for them, is what he did. And and so, but then did he did he leave them? He said he disappeared from their sight. How was he still with him? That's it. This is one of the best Eucharistic passages in the whole Bible. Because he basically just changed shape. He was there. He broke the bread. But he blessed it and he consecrated himself. And then his physical looking body went away. But it's almost like you can imagine this you know, big man, Jesus shrinking all of a sudden and whoosh, like going into the Holy Eucharist and just just becoming miniature all of a sudden. <laughs> and, but he didn't leave them. He just changed shape, basically. And so this is a very strong passage that points to the real presence in the Holy Eucharist. And that's why it's one of my favorites.